1: You can create a...
2: Hi, this is Scott Black, host of Like It Matters Radio, heard weekday mornings at 9 on Wellness Radio, KDIZ, Golden Valley, Twin Cities Wellness Radio. With SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington. Wall Street seems
0: to have regained its momentum. Welcome Following a pause
2: in its rally of the past 12
0: months, the average Monday, is opening Friday, sharply higher this morning.
3: Marshall, have a retirement PhD, nest a egg? Among Americans who do, those accounts
0: said to be in the best shape they've been in 50, in more than a
3: decade. The conclusion well comes from a survey by Fidelity really Investments, which and looked and at more than 3,000 working households that have started saving for retirement. After tallying up how much they're saving in their 401K accounts, their expected Social Security benefits and other assets. Sure. Fidelity said the typical saver is on track to have 80% of the income they'll need to cover retirement costs. That's the highest score since Fidelity surveys began Dr. in 2005, when it was at 62%. Diagnose, treat, That's correspondent Jeremy House on Wall
2: Street right now, the now up 234 points. This is SRND.
1: Minneapolis is the number one healthiest and most health health. active city as ranked by Dr. Forbes.
4: Where does the Twin Cities turn to for wellness tips Welcome and trends? Right here on is Twin is Cities Wall Wellness Radio, with a plethora of different on-air hosts and experts that focus on all care, areas of health and wellness for all your active lifestyle needs. So the Twin Cities long, moves, and, strong, and so do we. Tune in in your car, download the mobile app, or stream us live from your computer by right visiting here, us online at TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com.
3: On
0: Stay tuned for Like It Matters Radio that, with Mr. Black coming up next and here on Wellness, wellness 1570. To to we check that forecast from the Evil Wellness Studios today, Cloudy skies, low 30s for a high.
2: Food About one above Thinking tonight, so it starts to get cold. And really we'll see seven above for the high tomorrow. And then teams as we look and ahead to Friday, Saturday, and,
0: and maybe single-digit highs by the and time we get to questions. the Super Bowl on you can Sunday. As I mentioned, 3, Mr. Black of Like It Matters Radio is next. 75 seventy-five.
2: your computer problems the boots. Arby's Computer Service.
3: If your tooth fell out, would you replace it? Most people would. So how is your hair any different? If you're tired of losing hair, simply replace it by going to INeedMoreHair.com. Let this be a year to make a new hair's resolution. Hi, I'm Mike Greenley, familiar voice with Minnesota hockey fans. If you have hair loss and want more hair, go to INeedMoreHair.com. Meet the hair transplant specialists that have given patients from around the world, including some of the most prominent celebrities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. Here's the best part. Their technique is so advanced, the results are guaranteed in writing, and their prices are the best in the business. Prices as low as $3 per graft. Their office is conveniently located in Egan near 35E and Diffley Road. INeedMoreHair.com will allow you to see a more confident reflection of yourself. That's INeedMoreHair.com. The consultations are free, and the results are amazing. Check out INeedMoreHair.com for complete details. That's INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust. Prices you can afford.
1: Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council.
0: Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? If you want to be inspired, get help in becoming all you can be, the time is now for Like It Matters Radio with your host, Mr. Scott V. Black.
2: It's a great day to be alive. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio, radio like it matters. Inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And today, you are more blessed than most days because today's show is called Habits Good and Bad. You know, in 1989, uh, Stephen Covey pioneered The business of self-help, you know, that section in the uh, library's self-help and business, Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, was absolutely a pioneer in that field. Matter of fact, uh, I would say that book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, is on the same level of Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life. Now, nothing personal, but both of these people, uh, Stephen Covey and Rick Warren, uh, I have issues with. Uh, Stephen Covey is no longer with us. Rick Warren is. Uh, But as far as writing, these two books, whether it be uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People or The Purpose Driven Life, have made such a huge impact and become almost the Bibles, uh, if you will, in their category. And so today I kind of want to recount, uh, remember Reconceptualize, if you will, um, not just the seven habits of highly effective people, because I thought it was a seminal book, but really the foundation. And and really, it's about patterns. And really, one thing I loved about the seven habits of highly effective people is it started to create a pattern. You know, I talk all the time about um, words. You know, I love words. I got my background in neuro linguistic programming. You know, linguistics is words, words are programming. And Dr. William Marston, who is uh, considered by some to be the father of adult learning, back in 1920, 21, 22, 23, somewhere around there, wrote a book called The Emotions of Normal People. Uh, and Dr. Uh, Marston said that adults learn in chunks of information, chunks. Uh, and in NLP, we work a lot with chunks and chunk size. And I'll be talking a lot about chunks today because uh, he said, Dr. Marston, that said that adults can only process, hold on to, at a given time, seven plus or minus two chunks of information. And a chunk uh, could be many different sizes. A chunk uh, could be a nuclear biology, but a chunk could also be uh, remembering your boss's spouse's name for a dinner party. Uh, it's, it's really not the size of the chunk that matters. It depends on where you're at in life, what are you looking to do, what do you want, uh, based on how what size and how you chunk. Think about this, the alphabet. How did you learn the alphabet? Did you learn it as 26 separate letters or did you learn it as one chunk, as one song? You know, when the kids are little, even before they can say the alphabet or before they can uh, openly talk extendedly, if you will, uh, they start learning the alphabet. You know, my little boy Benaya is not even three years old. He'll be three years old in uh, over two months. Uh, and he's already learning the alphabet. He's already learning numbers and how to count to 10, actually to 20. Uh, and it's a lot of us based on songs, on these little learning, these little leap frogs, little baby bum, little nursery rhymes. A lot of things are learned through song because song can take a complex thing and create one chunk out of it. And Dr. William Marston said that we can only hold on to a given time, seven plus or minus two chunks. Of course, that was almost 100 years ago. It was 90 years ago uh, that this was written. And I'm going to tell you right now, short attention span, uh, as connected as we are through all these devices, we become disconnected. Uh, Boy, we're scattered. We're all over the place. So I'm going to suggest, and I talk about this in my training, uh, that it's below seven now. That's really now probably five plus or minus two. Uh, We got to keep it simple, soldier. And simplicity is one of those things that we truly need. You know, um, I'm reading this book called The Rhythm of Life, uh, Living Every Day with Passion and Purpose. It was uh, sent to me by a graduate of mine uh, and really appreciate it. It's by Matthew uh, Kelly, and it was on the New York Times bestseller list. And in this, in uh, page 65, under Finding Your Genius, he says, Understanding our legitimate needs. Here's what he says, quote, Who among us needs a little more complexity in their lives? None of us. What our lives desperately need is the liberation of simplicity. If we learn once again to listen to the gentle voice within, we will hear it counseling us many times a day to simplify our lives. When the voices of the world propose the multiple complexities of modern living, the gentle voice within will whisper, Why complicate your life? Over time, we will learn to turn our backs on a multitude of opportunities in order to preserve the peace in our hearts that is born from the blessed simplicity that the world despises. Simplify, simplify, simplify your life, and you will find the inner peace that the poets and saints of every age have coveted more than any possession. Silence, solitude, simplicity. Three great friends. They may be the subtlest of our legitimate needs, but when they are honored, our spirits soar to unimaginable heights, and we are left only to wonder how or why we ever followed the promptings promptings of all the jeering voices of this world. And ladies and gentlemen, as I said and as I prove over and over and over every weekend in class, we must keep it simple, soldier. The enemy's number one weapon formed against us is Confusion. And if we can remove confusion, if we can make things simple, then a lot of things change and part of that really takes uh, a a change in belief system. you got to have a paradigm shift about this because people live these complex, complicated lives, and you got to realize. That we need to change our perception of what a full life is. Just because you're busy does not mean you're doing important things. And the cool thing about the seven habits of highly effective people, not only does it identify the seven habits, but also deals with urgency and important. It also deals with circle of concern, circle of influence. So a lot of great things in that short little book. And uh, this is a story from uh, the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It says it was a dark and stormy night. A Navy seaman was in training and under the command of a senior officer. It was his first time directing the movements of the ship under the command of his captain. In the dead of night, a problem arose that required a new map of reality. The one that was operating was not working effectively. And here's how the conversation went. The seaman came into the captain's quarters in a panic. Captain, captain, wake up, sir. We have a problem. Awakened from sleep, the captain responded, what is it, son? Crew, crew member said, sorry to wake you, sir, but we have a serious problem. Captain, well, what is it? The crew member said, there's a ship in our sea lane about 20 miles away, and they refuse to move. So the captain responds, what do you mean they refuse to move? Just tell them to move. The crew member responded, sir, we have told them they will not move, but captain, I'll signal them again. So the seaman sends out the signal, move, starboard, 20 degrees. The signal returns, move, starboard yourself, 20 degrees. The captain was surprised by the response. I can't believe this. What are they thinking? I mean, I'm a captain. You let them know who I am. I'm important. I'm not some fisherman in a little boat. So the signal goes out. This is Captain Horatio Hornblower, the the, the 25th, commanding you to move starboard 20 degrees at once. The signal returns. This is seaman Carl Jones II commanding you to move starboard 20 degrees at once. Now the captain is livid. He's beside himself. What arrogance. I mean, what presumption. Here is a seaman commanding me, a captain. We could just blow them right out of the water. Young man, you send out a message telling them who we are and the power we possess. So the seaman sent out the signal. This is the mighty Missouri Flagship of the 7th Fleet, we command you to move 20 degrees now. The signal returns, this is the lighthouse. A new map of reality has just been formed, ladies and gentlemen. The immovable is now movable. Why? Because everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief. And when we change our beliefs, we change the course of our lives. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, we're covering the topic, Habits, Good and Bad. And even that word habit has notably a negative undertone. When I say habit, a lot of you think about smoking or or fornication or pornography or something bad. But you know what? A habit can also be something good. So after the break, I'm going to explain to you what a habit is. We're going to reference not only the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, but also the book by Charles Duhigg called the power of habits and so today on like it matters radio radio like it matters we're talking about habits both good and bad and we'll be back in three minutes
0: here's what business owner Ken Johnson had to say about the impact like, like it, here's what business owner Ken Johnson had to say about the impact like it matters leadership Awakening had on his employees
5: since then they have been on fire
2: they have been committed as a team absolutely changed.
0: Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, February 8th through the 10th. That's likeitmatters.net, Leadership Awakening. We don't take applicants, only commitment.
4: Your child's education is one of the most important decisions you can make as a parent. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, will not they turn from it. A quality Christian education can make all the difference in your child's life. A Christian school typically provides smaller class sizes for your student to flourish. Smaller class sizes can allow for more one-on-one time, allowing for individual attention with each student to focus on their academic needs, helping your child succeed. Wellness Radio 1570 believes in the power of Christian education so much that we have partnered with private Christian schools in the Twin Cities offer half off your child's first year at a brand new school. That's right, half off. Visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com to check out a full list of our partnering schools, see frequently asked questions about the program, and learn more. We have a limited number of vouchers available, so the time is now to start planning for the upcoming year. Visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com events
1: and special occasions can be more than just gatherings you desire to create lasting memories that's what our britain catering and hospitality's goal is in every event and special occasion designed for you creating lasting memories Seek an array of award winning venues and sample exquisite food from the best chefs along with the best possible presentation. That is what A Britain does for you. Weddings, family reunions, galas, special events for businesses are all areas where A Britain shines. This husband and wife team make a great serving combination. Challenge Seth and Dawn as they journey to become the number one catering team in the world. Three unique catering options. Apples to Apples offers a unique farm-to-table concept. This Little Piggy, a Minnesota favorite for 30 years, and distinctive catering with a luxurious and memorable style. Aubriton Catering and Hospitality, abritoncatering.com. That's A-B-R-I-T-I-N-Catering.com. Creating lasting memories.
2: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio like It matters inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and today we are talking about habits, good and bad. And we're focusing on the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You know, in 1989, when uh, Dr. Stephen Covey came out with that book, uh, it was huge. Uh, It became a foundational book in the business self-help section. Uh, It was a book that was referenced uh, through all many different types of other trainings. Uh, Boy, Stephen Covey and the Covey Institute created a lot of stuff based on that one book. Matter of fact, uh, it was so successful uh, that later uh, he came out with The Eighth Habit. Uh, And the eighth habit was not that good, because if it would have been good, it wasn't. If it would have been good, there probably would have been nine or ten habits of highly successful people. Dr. Covey's not with us anymore. I think he passed on in 2012. But I want to revisit this book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, And specifically, I want to focus on the word habits, you know, good and bad. I'm also going to reference the book by Charles Duhigg called The Power of Habit, Uh, just a great book. Highly recommend both of these books uh, to be on your recommended reading list. They're books I reference on a regular basis. But first of all, I want to cover that word habit because, you know, words uh, have meaning. And, you know, one thing that's happened over the lifetime uh, uh, of my lifetime, you know, certain words have different meaning. The simplest one is uh, if you look back in the 1920s, the 1920s were called the gay 20s. Anybody get my point? Yeah, it, it didn't mean uh, men sleep with men and women sleep with women. That's not what they were talking about in the 1920s. What they were talking about is people were happy, people had fun. Uh, it was a jovial lifestyle. Uh, that's what gay used to mean. Uh, and so when how was your day, it was gay. Uh, it meant a much different thing. And if you think about it, you know how different America is. America's is uh, different today. Boy, when Barack Obama said he was going to fundamentally change America, uh, he was not lying. He uh, did exactly what he said. And boy, a lot of things. Those of us uh, that believe the 80s were pretty good times, the 80s were the highlight. Boy, if you believe like we believed in the '80s in this country, you're hated today. You're a bigot. Uh, You're hated. Uh, You know they'll burn down your house. They'll rape your spouse uh, because you probably uh, voted for Trump. (laughs) You know Uh, because things have changed. It changed the word American. What it means to be American has changed. How about what else changed? The the word family has changed. The word marriage has changed. Uh, You know I mean the word founding fathers has changed. Boy, you in the 80s, you had those words, and you had those words and asked people to give you a definition of what those words I just gave you meant. And now today, what they mean? They would mean totally different things. See, words have meaning. You know, who was it? It was Shakespeare said, a rose by any other name would not be a rose. <laughs> you know, I think that's what the quote is. So you gotta realize. Matter of fact, I had learned years ago that the number one most defined word in the English dictionary, with almost uh, over four hundred uses, variances, was a three-letter word called "set." S E T. And some words are nominalizations. The nominalizations are words that fall in a category called generalizations. A nominalization is something you cannot put in a wheelbarrow. You know, you cannot put love in a wheelbarrow. You cannot put success in a wheelbarrow. You cannot put happiness in a wheelbarrow. You know, those are things that are defined differently by people. And I always tell people, you need to define success for yourself. It must be your definition. You can't have someone else's definition. It must be something you believe. Because that word to you is going to have value only the way you define it, not the way somebody else defines it. And so as we look at this word habit, you know, most people automatically, it goes to a negative connotation. You think of addictions. Uh, a lot of people think of smoking or drugs or promiscuity, lying or stealing. You know, But habits don't have to be negative. Matter of fact, there's a lot of good habits. Uh, in the book Charles Duhigg, uh, he, he, he addresses this question, where do habits come from? And he says, habits, scientists say, emerge because the brain is constantly looking for ways to save effort. Left to its own devices, the brain will try to make almost any routine into a habit, because habits allow our minds to ramp down more often. This effort-saving instinct is a huge advantage. An efficient brain also allows us to stop thinking constantly about basic behaviors, such as walking and choosing what to eat, so we can devote mental energy to inventing spears, irrigation systems, and eventually airplanes and video games. And so from this book, I want to read this to you about how uh, the research they did on habits. And this is from the book, The Power of Habit. He said, the researchers were running these experiments on groups of rats, dropping them into mazes and making them sniff around for a piece of chocolate placed at the end. They wanted to monitor brain activity in the rats as they moved about the maze. So they inserted super tiny microsensors in their brains. This helped the researchers determine which parts of the brain would light up when the rats were running through the maze, which would help them understand how the brain forms habits. So they began the experiment. And at first, it seemed like the rats weren't really doing anything interesting at all. They'd start at the beginning of the maze, sniff around, scratch the walls a bit, and randomly pause every now and then before moving through the maze again. But then the researchers noticed something big. Each time the rats moved from one end of the maze to the other, they sniffed around a little less, scratched the walls a little less, and paused a little less, thus moving through the maze faster and faster with each run. After running the rats through the maze several times, they learned that the mental activity decreased in the rats with each successful navigation through the maze. As the route became more and more automatic, the rats were actually thinking less about how to get through the maze. Now, no more sniffing, scratching, or pausing necessary. Now, they could speed from start to finish hardly without thinking at all. The researchers found that this automaticity in the rats relied on a part of the brain called the basal ganglia, which took over as the rat ran faster and faster and its brain worked less and less. The basal ganglia was central to recalling patterns and acting on them. In other words, it's responsible for storing habits even while the rest of the brain falls asleep. And your brain works the same way. This process is called, quote, chunking, and it plays a primary role in how habits form. With, quote, chunking, the brain converts a sequence of actions like brushing your teeth, tying your shoes, Or backing a car into the garage into an automatic routine. Bottom line, habits emerge because our brains are always on the lookout for efficient ways to save effort. you got to realize this. Our brain is a goal-striving mechanism. It wants to run more efficiently. It's working to get in patterns. Think about this. In your car, do you get better gas mileage on the freeway or in the city? And you would say, why you get better gas mileage on the freeway, Mr. Black, because why? You're not stopping and starting, stopping and starting. Same way, you run more efficiently when you can create patterns. And in the book called The Power of Habit, uh, the first chapter, it goes into what a habit is. And here's a little quote from the book. When you woke up this morning, what did you do first? Did you hop in the shower, check your email, or grab a donut from the kitchen counter? Did you tie the left or right shoe first? Did you choose a salad or a hamburger for lunch? When you got home, did you put on your sneakers and go for a run or eat dinner in front of the TV? Most of the choices we make each day may feel like the products are well-considered decision-making, but they're not. They're habits. The habit loop can be broken down into three basic steps. first. There's a cue, a trigger that tells your brain to go into automatic mode. The cue can be internal, such as a feeling or a thought, or external, such as the time of day or the company of certain people, parenthetical, which is why it's easier to exercise among our running buddies, but harder to study when our friends are in the library. The second part of the habit loop is the routine, the behavior that leads to the reward. The routine can be physical. Uh, Eating a donut or cognitive, remember for the test, or emotional. I always feel anxious in math class. The third part is the reward. Not surprisingly, the reward can also be physical, like sugar, cognitive, that's really interesting, or emotional. I always feel relaxed in front of the TV. The reward determines if a particular habit loop is worth remembering. This is an important structure because you can create these at your own own level. And in the habit loop, uh, a mouse learned to automatically run through a maze after hearing a click because the habit has become ingrained through a chocolatey reward. So the reward must be good. And once you understand this about yourself then you could create your own habits. Because there are great habits. There are a lot of great habits. You just need to learn how to figure that out. Which ones are which? I mean, if you look at Michael Phelps, just look at Michael Phelps. I mean, he won eight gold medals. And in The Power of Habit, it goes through this. Swimming coach Bob Bowman believed that for swimmers, the key to victory was creating the right routines. In other words, creating the right habits. He was blessed enough to get to coach Michael Phelps. Phelps, Bowman knew, had a perfect physique for the pool. That said, everyone who eventually competes at the Olympics has a perfect musculature. Bowman could also see that Phelps, even at a younger age, had a capacity for obsessiveness that made him an ideal athlete. What Bowman can give Phelps, however, would set him apart from other competitors, were habits. That would make him the strongest mental swimmer in the pool. He didn't need to control every aspect of Phelps' life. All he needed to do was target a few specific habits that had nothing to do with swimming and everything to do with creating the right mindset. He designed, he designed a series of behaviors that Phelps could use to become calm and focused before each race to find those tiny advantages that in a sport where victory can come in milliseconds would make all the difference in the world. And when Phelps was a teenager, at the end of each practice, Bowman would tell him to go home and watch the videotape. Watch it before you go to sleep and watch it when you get up. And the videotape wasn't real, rather it was a mental visualization of the perfect race. Each night before falling asleep and each morning after waking up, Phelps would imagine himself jumping off the blocks and in slow motion, swimming flawlessly. He would imagine the wake behind his body, the water dripping off his lips as his mouth cleared the surface, what it would feel like to rip off his cap at the end. He would lie in bed with his eyes shut and watch the entire competition, the smallest details again and again and again, until he knew each second by heart. What he did is he created a habit. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about habits both good and bad, and we'll be back in three minutes.
1: I've been to training put on by Tony Robbins and Zig Ziglar
0: Six
2: hours I've ever spent. Graduates leave leadership to being refocused with the biggest feeling of self confidence and a renewed passion and enthusiasm for their business and their personal lives. Call now and commit to giving and getting more from life. 817 502 1554 or email me at Mr. Black at matters.net. That's Mr. Black at matters.net.
1: I was nine weeks along and didn't know what else to do.
0: I felt helpless and I didn't want to leave it up to her, but I didn't know what to do or say.
1: I didn't know there were other options available.
0: I didn't know it was a baby with a beating heart.
5: out on the web prolifeacrossamerica.org Pro Life Across America is educational, non-political, and tax deductible. A baby's heart
3: is beating 18 days from conception. Pro Life Across America, the
0: Did you know approximately 980 Minnesotans will be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer this year?
2: like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, your radio host, your radio life caddy. And today we're talking about habits, good and bad. And if you miss any of this radio show, you can go always to our website and listen to these shows at your own leisure. Uh, go to likeitmattersradio.com, likeitmattersradio.com, and you can listen to this replay of this show. Uh, you can listen to uh, lots of archive shows as well. And those of you that have just stumbled onto us, just so you know, we are on the radio every Monday through Friday, an hour a day from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, And all you got to do is go to iHeartRadio. Go to iHeartRadio and query or search Wellness Radio 1570. And there, twice a day, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, replayed 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. There's your daily dose, your daily fix, uh, your daily feed, if you will, to be a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today. And by the way, we are live locally in St. Louis, Missouri. We're on from 7 to 8 p.m., and you can hear us in St. Louis on 95.1 FM and 1260 AM, the St. Louis Gospel Experience. We're also in the local market in Minneapolis-St. Paul, our flagship station, uh, AM 1570, TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com, and soon we'll be in the Dallas-Fort uh, Worth metroplex. Uh, I'm in negotiations. When I'm talking to the Word FM and also talking to 660 AM, The Answer. But uh, by the beginning of the year, we will be on the airwaves in Dallas-Fort Worth as well. And please, if you want to help us expand this radio show, uh, we need your help. We need some financial support, some financial backing, reach out to me at Mister Black at likeitmattersradio.com. And by the way, you can go to iTunes as well, and you can subscribe to Like It Matters Radio on iTunes, uh, and the end of my radio show, they'll actually email you over in podcast form, the radio show. So today, we are talking about habits, good and bad. And a habit, in case you don't know, a habit is something you start doing consciously, And then you continue doing it, but now it's unconscious. And your brain is a goal-striving mechanism. It wants to get on autopilot as quick as possible. Why? Because we get better gas mileage on the freeway versus the city. Your brain's working to run more efficiently. Remember, we're unconscious creatures. A majority of our uh, of our map realities created unconscious. We only use three to five percent of our brain consciously. I've heard the number as high as ten to twelve percent. So majority of our brain is unconscious. Those are habits. Those are patterns. A lot of what's going on goes on without us consciously thinking about it. That's why it takes an intensive training like my class. You can go to matters dot net to really change the way you do things. That's my, my class has done so intense, it's so structured, and people it doesn't make sense for the first day. The reason is I'm working at the unconscious level. I always tell people we're in two different places. I'm scuba diving, and you're snorkeling. I'm at the foundation, the structure, and you're at the effect. I'm dealing with the cause, and most people are dealing with the effect because of these habits. Because everything we do or do not do is driven by a belief system, and most people don't know what they believe. They're unconscious patterns. We call those habits and by nature when most people think about a habit he's got these habits or that they think negatively but it doesn't have to be that way man the habit to get up each morning and roll right over and get on your knees to study god i remember one time I was at promise keepers and he said the guy said the best thing i ever did for my spiritual walk is i started to put my shoes under my bed he said because every morning when i when i got up i had to get on my knees to get my shoes out and every night when i went to bed i had to get on my knees to put my shoes under my bed Again, he was talking about creating a habit, and we all need to find habits. And, you know, in 1989, uh, the seminal book, I mean, a book that really uh, to this day is considered one of the best in the self-help business section would be Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So I want to kind of recap and remind you, it's a great book and lots of great information. also been referencing the book by Charles Duhigg called The Power of Habit. I would highly recommend both of those. So I want to recap what the seven habits of highly effective people are because they're powerful habits and everybody should know these. Um habit one is be proactive. And by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna read spend a little time on this one because uh I, I thought what was written, I got this from Quick MBA Management. Uh, And it was referencing the seven habits of highly effective people. It talks about the first habit. Habit one, be proactive. And I'm quoting here. A unique ability that sets humans apart from animals is self-awareness and the ability to choose how we respond to any stimulus. While conditioning can have a strong impact on our lives, we are not determined by it. There are three widely accepted theories of determinism, genetic, psychic, and environmental. And again, ladies and gentlemen, I don't buy into any of this determinism. I don't. When I go to a doctor and they ask me about my uh, family history medically, I say I don't have them. I don't have them. I don't know my true family anyways. Outside my mom, but I don't know who my biological father is. I am not determined by my genetics. I just don't believe that. Genetic determinism says that our nature is coded into our DNA and that our personality traits are inherited from our grandparents. Psychic determination says our upbringing determines our personal tendencies and that emotional pain that we felt as a young age is remembered and affects us the way we behave today. Environmental determinism states that factors in our present environment are responsible for our situation, such as relatives, the national economy, etc. These theories of determinism each assume a model in which the stimulus determines the response. That's why I don't agree with it, because Dr. Viktor Frankl told us that. Jesus Christ showed us that, that between the stimulus and the response, there is our power. We don't have to respond the way someone treats us. I don't care what your past is, I don't care what someone else did. Matter of fact, Dr. Viktor Frankl, who I talk about all the time, was a Jewish psychiatrist who survived the death camps of Nazi Germany. And while in the death camps, Frankl realized that he alone had the power to determine his response to the horror of any situation. Today, it's called logotherapy. It's still considered a third Austrian school of psychotherapy. He said he exercised the only freedom he had in that environment by envisioning himself teaching students after his release. So he created hope. He future paced himself. And while the terrible atrocities were going on, he would mentally rehearse. He would visualize this. He became an inspiration for others around him. He realized that in the middle of a stimulus response model, humans have the freedom to choose. Animals do not have this independent will. They respond to a stimulus like a computer responds to its program. They are not aware of the programming and do not have the ability to change it. The model of determinism was developed based on experiments with animals and erotic people. Such a model neglects our ability to choose how we will respond to stimuli. Again, I'm reading from this MBA program. It says, quote, we can choose to be reactive to our environment For example, if the weather is good, we'll be happy. If the weather is bad, we'll be unhappy. If people treat us well, we'll feel well. If they don't, we'll feel bad and become defensive. We also can choose to be proactive and not let our situation determine how we will feel. Reactive behavior can be a self-fulfilling prophecy by accepting that there is nothing we can do about our situation. So the first habit of highly effective people is proactivity. Proactive people are driven by values that are independent of the weather or how people treat them. Gandhi actually put it this way. They cannot take away our self-respect if we do not give it to them. And Dr. Franco said the Nazis could take everything. They could take our food. They could take our clothing. They could take our family. They could not take our will. That must be freely given. That's what he was talking about. Proactive people use their resourcefulness and init- initiative to find solutions rather than just reporting problems and waiting for other people to solve them. Being proactive means assessing the situation and developing a response for it. Organizations can be proactive rather than be at the mercy of their environment. For example, a company operating in an industry that is experiencing downturn can develop a plan to cut costs and actually use the downturn to increase market share. And here's the, the key. Once we decide, once we choose, yesterday I did a class called Choices. Once we decide to be proactive, exactly where we focus our efforts becomes important. There are many concerns in our lives, but we do not always have to control over them. One can draw a circle that represents areas of concern and a smaller circle within the first one that represents areas of control. Proactive people focus their efforts on the things over which they have influence, and the process often expand their area of influence. Reactive people often focus their efforts on areas of concern over which they have no control, and their complaining and negative energy tend to shrink their circle of influence. That's why the narrative that's going on in this country is so terrible. If you're black and something bad happens to you, it's because you're black. You've got to stop that we got to stop the victim mentality. we got to stop feeling far- sorry for ourselves. we got to start blaming things or focusing on what happened 200 years ago or what our founding fathers did or who had a slave back in the 1800s. And it's time to put our big boy pants on. It's time to be proactive. It's time to be quit, let around like a dog on a leash and start acting as if we have control over who we are and how we work. So habit number one is be proactive. Change starts from within, and highly effective people make the decision to improve their lives through the things that they can influence rather than simply reacting to external forces. Remember, the mind is six times faster than we can talk. And so when someone does something, there's a stimulus, we automatically go into our three channels. We go in the auditory channel, we hear something or say something. We go in the visual channel, we see something from our past. And we, or we go in the kinesthetic channel, we feel or process something, a feeling from the past. And then based on what we do in those three modalities, then our response is based on that. Nobody can make us do anything. People don't make us angry. People do things, we explain it to ourselves, I'll dare them to that, and, and then we become angry. You got to get this. And right now, we are carrying our pound of flesh. We are so focused on everybody's wrongs and what everybody else has done to us that we aren't focusing on our power. Between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your power and your freedom. That's by Dr. Viktor Frankl. Habit number two, begin with the end in mind. This is a powerful habit. It develops a principle-centered personal mission statement. When you know who you are, when you know how you want to end up, when you know what your values are, when you know how you want to be remembered, that's what he's talking about beginning with the end in mind. You may not like what I'm saying. You might not like the way I'm saying it. You might not agree with everything I say. But you cannot doubt that I'm real. You can see me. You can hear me. You can feel me. I smell nice. And those are the things that make things real. So habit number one, be proactive. Habit number two, begin with the end in mind. I am Mr. Black. We are recapping the seven habits of highly effective people on Like It Matters Radio.
0: Hey, good day. Welcome to our super cold show, eh? Hey, good day to you, hoser. Hey, you know what the best thing about winters in Minnesota are? (laughs) I know. It's my Arctic Spa and Swim Spa. They're made in Canada for these ultra-cold Minnesota winters, eh? You know, you keep saying that, but what exactly does that mean? Hey, they got that patented forever floor that doesn't need a concrete slab, eh? And... They got that patented walk-on cover that holds up to 1,000 pounds of snow, eh? And everything in between. Arctics are built for the cold. In fact, anyone can build a hot tub. But Arctic knows how to make them work in the harshest of environments. You should see everything they put into these spas. <laughs> yeah, and how they are on the power bills, are too, Are you man. kidding? That's what Arctic does best. Hot water for very little dough, eh? Yeah, so if you're looking to buy one right now, eh? Or just making the plans, visit Premier Pool and Chanassin today, eh? and see what a true cold weather spa looks like. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously, online at premierpools.com. Take off, A.
1: Yes, I did it. Thank you, Mr. Black.
0: Are those your grades for this semester?
1: They sure are. All A's and one B.
0: But what about your learning disability and
1: your struggles in school? Not since I got my brain map done at Like It Matters. I now know how I best learn and the unique way that God made me. No more learning
3: disability.
2: You are unique. Nobody has your fingerprints and nobody is wired exactly like you. We now have the ability to show you God's fingerprints for your life through yours. The unique print on each of your fingers is a duplicate of the neural pathway in that corresponding lobe of your brain. With our exclusive brain map, we can capture your fingerprints and give you a 35-page map of your brain, your gifts, talents, and innate Resources. This information is the key to unlocking your God given potential and truly living your life like it matters. If you're ready to maximize the potential you were created with, email Mr. Black at likeitmattersradio.com or call 817 502 1554. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio Radio, like it matters inspiration education. And application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy. You can call me Mr. Black. And if you miss any of this radio show... You can just go to our archive messages at likeitmattersradio.com. Likeitmattersradio.com, and you can listen to this and many other messages. Also, if you're listening in the morning, uh, outside of St. Louis, uh, all the other formats replay us again from 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. In St. Louis, we're on Praise 95.1 FM and 1260 AM, the St. Louis Gospel Experience. We are on from 7 to 8 p.m. And I'd love to hear from you, so you can email me at Mr. Black at LikeItMattersRadio dot com. b l c k at LikeItMattersRadio dot com. And today we're talking about habits, both good and bad. Uh, and we've been talking about uh, the seven habits of highly effective people. So, habit number three: Put first things first. Spend time doing what fits in your personal mission. Observing the proper balance between production and building production capacity. Identify the key roles that you take on in life and make time for each one of them. Again, you need to make sure you have a hierarchy of relationships. You need to make sure you know who you are and why you're here. What are those key values? If today was your last day on this earth and I went up to your best friend and I asked them to give me five words to describe you, what would you want those five words to be? And how do those show up in your daily life? Habit number four, think, win, win. Seek agreements and relationships that are mutually beneficial. In cases where a win-win deal cannot be achieved, accept the fact that agreeing to make no deal may be the best alternative. In developing an organizational culture, be sure to reward win-win behavior among employees and avoid inadvertently rewarding win-lose behaviors. There are so many win-win-win-win things. I always tell people when you nominate someone to a training, Uh, man, you benefit them, you benefit you, your relationship with them is going to be better, their relationship with everybody else is going to be better, they're going to feel happier, they're going to be more successful, they're going to be freer, they're going to be less stressed. It's a win, 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 win all the way around. It doesn't have to be you win and someone else loses. We need to look for those things where we can build people up while building our own selves up. It's something called a red vote. A red vote in life is when you do things to impede other people's progress. It's kind of like that person uh, driving real slow uh, in the fast line. They don't want to drive any faster, and you work to go around them, and they speed up and slow down all the things. They don't want to drive any faster. They just don't want you to drive faster. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes the worst of us comes out on the road, I know. And so we got to think win-win, where you can get as much in life as you want, while allowing other people to get as much out of life as they want habit number 5 seek first to understand then to be understood you know i read this book uh, how to win uh, how to win friends sorry uh, the 7 habits of highly effective people years ago but in the meantime, I've got my master's in neurolinguistic programming, I've studied, I've researched, and now I can tell you neurologically, linguistically, why these seven habits are really good. And this is a really interesting one. Habit number five. Seek first to understand, then be understood. This is so pivotal in relationships. This is so pivotal in getting in data as a warrior. You know, First seek to understand the other person and then, only then, work to be understood. Stephen Covey used to talk about this habit as the most important principle of interpersonal relations. Effective listening is not only simply echoing what the other person has said through the lens of one's own experience, rather, it's putting oneself in the perspective of the other person, listening empathically for both feeling and meaning. This is where the perceptual positions come in. I teach this. There are three perceptual positions positions there's only three ways to see anything it's not a thousand ways first position is self second position is other and third position is overview and if you only see things from your own perspective that's called ego you get stuck there you only see it from your frame of reference you must have the ability to put yourself into someone else's shoes to walk a mile in someone else's moccasins see when you can understand someone else's map of reality matter of fact, the way to build rapport with someone, to connect with someone, is to step in their map of reality with them. How else are you going to give them a hand up unless you're standing right next to them? Now, when you step in their map of reality, you don't need to agree with it, but you do need to understand it. And when you're stepping in their map of reality, you are like them. You are side by side with them. Then you can do the three Fs I understand how you feel. I felt this way, and this is what I found. If I can understand you a little bit better, ladies and gentlemen, you can understand me a little bit better. Doesn't it make sense we're in a position of a better relationship? Habit number six, synergize. This is the through working through trustful communication, finding ways to leverage individual differences to create a whole that is greater than the sum of a parts, like a team. Together everyone achieves more. No man is an island and rock unto himself. We're all part of the larger continent. And that's why in our training you will live these seven principles. That's why the company called the Car Medic, who relies on the seven habits as one of their training manuals, sends all their people for twenty years have done this to my training first to open them up because all these habits they will experience in my training. Again, go to likeitmatters.net. And the last one is sharpen the saw, habit seven. Take time out from production to build production capacity through personal renewal of the physical, mental, social, emotional, and spiritual dimensions, maintaining a balance among all these dimensions. And again, if you truly want to live the seven habits, go to likeitmatters.net. Put yourself in my training. You'll take words and they'll have real meaning to them. Now, I want to add something else because the seven habits are a great part of the seven habits of highly effective people. But there's also another piece I really liked. And I got this from Forbes magazine about five years ago. And a guy, um, I don't remember, Eric Jackson. Eric Jackson. And he talked about if he had to boil down all the habits down to two, they'd be this. Number one, he says, do something. Just stop sitting around and take action. Every minute you're sitting around checking Facebook, you're not taking action. You're not getting close to your dreams. And second, he said... Plan what you're taking action about. In other words, don't just take action willy-nilly. Actually have a plan. Think things through. Do one thing in the right order before you need to do the next thing in order to get where you want to go. And this is the key. He said, Covey built a billion-dollar empire based on these two kernels of knowledge. And But two months from now, you won't remember those. But what you will remember is this. And this is what happened with Marilyn Covey uh, in 1994. They wrote a book called First Things First. And they identified four quadrants, uh, important and urgent, not important and not urgent. Really important that you understand it. If you remember one thing and one thing only, this is what this guy from Forbes said. He says, effective people at the start of every week Write a two by two matrix on a blank sheet of paper where one side of the matrix says urgent and not urgent and the other side of the matrix says important and not important. Then they write all the things you want to do that week. And so let's look at the four quadrants real quick at the end of the show. Quadrant number one, urgent and important. These are the most pressing of tasks. We'll likely get to this week. These are the crises that are up. The most pressing meetings or deadlines fall into this category where we do the firefighting. It's all relating to stuff in this quadrant, urgent and important. That's where our focus should be. Quadrant two, not urgent, important. These are the things that matter in the long term but will yield no tangible benefits this week or even this year. So these are not things that aren't right in front of you don't need to deal with. You can push them off. They they're not urgent, but they are important, but they're down the road. They are things we know we need to get to, probably will push off. It's having a lunch with an important contact or client, relationship building, some long term planning. And then quadrant number three is urgent, not important. These tasks are the biggest reason we're not more successful long-term. This is your red flag area quadrant. You need to look under this. They clog up our time today, but when we look back at these things at the end of the week, we'll have to admit they were a waste of time. Facebook, all this social media crap that most people do, all this stuff being on the news and trashing Trump and Twitter and Trump and all his bitterness, all that stuff's destroying you. It's eating away at you. It's not Trump that is hate, the driving the hate in you. It's just a focus of it. The hate's in you. He just brought it, bringing it to the surface. It's already in you. Some of you need to deal with the hatred you have. Quit blaming other people for the hatred that you hold on to. Remember, stimulus and response. So quadrant number three is urgent and not important. You need to stay away from this. Quadrant number four, not urgent, not important. These things we do because we feel like we're tired and need a break. These are mindless things, you know, watching a mindless TV show at the end of the day, It's checking and rechecking Facebook and Twitter, even though you're really not looking for anything. These are mindless because we think we might be missing something. It might be mindlessly eating potato chips, even though we're not hungry. But I don't know about you, I put a lot of weight on these things. And so you really need to take a look at these this four quadrants, urgent and not urgent, important and not important. Man, ladies and gentlemen, there are so many great books out there. But the problem is there's a huge gap between knowing and doing. Most of you have read this book. Most of you have this book on your shelf, just like you have the Bible on, on a bookshelf somewhere or on your coffee stand. But most people don't read it. You know, That's why you can have all the good books of the world. That's not going to make you learn stuff uh, to, to application point. You got the best orator in the world. I'm a pretty good one. That's not going to help you learn what you need to learn. You need to be able to apply this stuff. That's why you need to go to likeitmatters.net. Come to my two and a half day intensive. Let me take you to the grinder of life. Let me show you. Let me teach you. Let me get it inside your call. Let me help you make success an incredible habit. I promise you that will take place at likeitmatters.net. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you to be more hopeful about your future and reminding you, when you live your life like it matters,
5: it does.